Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You're listening to Faith Seeking Understanding, and I'm your host, John Green. Thanks for being along. We are looking at um, Matthew 6 today. We're beginning to look at Matthew 6 today. If you've been along very long at all, you know I'm not likely to do a whole chapter, am I? So um, there's, um, what I want to do today, actually, is, is kind of take two separate pieces and then um, do them together. And, and what I'm talking about here is verses, um, chapter 6, verses 1 to 4, and then skip 5 to 14, and then pick up from 16 to 18. In my mind, these are both uh, basically the same thing. It's, it's, it's making the same point in both uh, instances, and what's skipped in between is the Lord's Prayer. So you'll know. <laughs> so what we get is at the beginning of chapter 6, we get, Beware of practicing your righteousness. This is Jesus speaking. We're still in the Sermon on the Mount. Beware of practicing your righteousness before people in order to be seen by them. For then you'll have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may, may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So what Jesus is, is advocating here is the opposite of what's typically done in in these places, there there's been there's two or three other stories in Scripture that illustrate this perfectly. You see, uh, for instance, the the Pharisee and the tax collector praying in the temple, and the the Pharisee prays you know very loudly, talking about the things that they do. I fast twice a week. I give a tithe of everything I get. I'm glad I'm not like this tax collector here or other scum. Um, that's not exactly. Uh, that's that's just John's. Um, translation of what the rest of that would be. And then the tax collector beats his breast and says, have mercy on me, Lord, a sinner. So th- that is the same kind of thing. But then you see people who, who give, the, like the widow who gives the, the might in the temple. All these others are coming up and making a big display of what they give, and the, the widow comes up and gives a, a tiny little bit in comparison with all the rest of them. But Jesus commends her because he says she's gone all in. So it, it's, you know, it, you, certainly you know people who do these kinds of things. One of the things that I appreciated very much about the church in Pauly's Island, for instance, you talk about a church that's been there for 300 and something years. I mean, it, it was actually there before there was, a, there was such a thing as the United States. It was founded in the 17th century. So it's been around a long, long time. And yet I've been in plenty of churches where, you know, everything in the church was engraved with somebody's name. Right. I mean, the windows had somebody's name. The offering plate had somebody's name. The chalice had somebody's name on it. The patents had somebody's name on it because people gave money and said, oh, I'd like to give a patent. Well, that's great. Give it. Doesn't have to reflect it, though. There's no reason for your name to be on it. But it's just it's amazing to me when I see stuff like that in churches. I've never understood that. But they but that was just not a thing that was done or allowed at the church in uh, Pauly's Island when we served there. And I, I really appreciated that because I'd certainly been places where where those things were there in memoriam to this person or that person. And no, it's for the you know, it's it's for the glory of God. That's the reason I wanted to give this was because I, I wanted the church to have something nice, not because I wanted some credit and some everlasting uh, memorial to me for having given it. But it, but it happens a lot, right? Um, you see it happen a lot. When, when I first um, 
started making really good money at a church we were in before, and and I started I tithed just because well that was the the standard that I understood there to be, and so I, I tithed, and suddenly I started getting invited to all these things. And a friend of mine who was in leadership position there, I asked him one time, I said, hey, what, when are you going to do this? Uh, he said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, I'm going to these people's house for dinner to talk about uh, giving. He said, well, I'm not. You must have given a lot of money last year. I said, I just tithed. <coughs> uh, he knew roughly what I was making because we had business interests together. So he said, well, John, that's the problem because you did that. And I said, well, well, nobody knew that. And he said, well, somebody obviously did. And so it began to be a joke because then I would call him and say, hey, I was invited to this. You want to go? You know, when are you going? Let's go together. And he would say, John, <laughs> again, it's because you gave money. Well, I, I just never have understood that. I, I don't understand the ostentatious thing about giving money at all. And I've never been around people, frankly, just to be perfectly honest with you, I've never been around people in my churches, where churches where I served, um, where that was an issue. I had people who gave a lot of money and did so very quietly. They would, they would overfund things. They gave over the tithe, and they never made a big deal out of it. Nobody knew that they were doing it. But then in, in other ways, I mean, you see people doing these really big public charitable things, um, like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, for instance, um, handing out. Um, uh, birth control stuff in Africa and, and it's just some of this stuff it, it's just vanity you know it's easy to see the vanity of some of these people and the, and the investments that they're making because that's what they are they're, they're not good works really in, in most cases they're investments they're ways to get your name better known to make yourself more important to gain notoriety, to gain influence, all those kinds of things, uh, and to be noticed. And it just, you know, I, I, I can't stand it when I see that kind of stuff. It drives me crazy. And it particularly drives me crazy if you ever try and do that in a church. Um, and so Jesus is very clear about this, that we, we need to, to do things quietly. And he says that when you give to the needy, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, that they may be praised by others. Uh, one of the things I want you to understand about this, because Jesus says they've already received their reward. But when you give, don't let your left hand know, so that you were giving maybe in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. One of the things that I love about Jewish um, understanding of certain kinds of things, particularly in, in things like giving to the poor and the needy, it is what they, what they understand is, is that, that God is, is in charge of all this in so many ways. And so what they see is, is that, when, that, that it's a blessing to you because this giving, this giving to need is actually a commandment. And so the way that they teach it, now whether, whether this is you know, street-level theology or not, I have no idea, but, but at, the, at the rabbinic level, at the, the scholarly level, um, the way they understand all this is, okay, there's a commandment to give, right? So you're commanded to do these things, and so it's actually a blessing from God that he sends people to you that you can give to. It's actually, it enables you to fulfill a mitzvah. And, and the fact that it fulfills you, it allows you to fulfill that mitzvah, means that that person is a great gift to you. You're very thankful for them. You ultimately are the one who is blessed, not them. God created their situation such that it gave you an opportunity to fulfill a commandment. And so they're truly the ones who, who are blessing you by receiving 
what you have to give. I really love the way that 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 that's focused because, like I said, I don't know if that filters down to like street level theology. Is that the way people live? But it's exactly the way that it that that they interpret the commandment to give and the relationship between the giver and the receiver is that the receiver has done you an enormous favor by coming into your path so that you can fulfill that mitzvah for giving. And, and Jesus is essentially saying that same thing here. You, you don't trumpet this. Why would you trumpet something that's actually just fulfilling a commandment? Why would you make a big deal out of that? Do you make a big deal about every other commandment that you, that you keep along the way? Um, and that's exactly what he's saying, because what it does is it exalts you and pushes down that other person in exactly the opposite way from the way that it's taught. At least it has been for a long time. I don't know how it was taught at the time of Jesus. I can't possibly tell you that. But but there's the that rationale and that understanding in, in current Judaism would would prohibit you from making a big deal out of your charitable gifts because it, it, it would go back to at the end of the day, I've just done my job. I've done what was required of me. And and so you're supposed to be thankful for the person who comes into your path that needs help from you because it enables you to fulfill that commandment. And I think it's a beautiful way of seeing it. And, and Jesus is saying exactly that here. Why are you making a big deal? out of doing something that you're supposed to do. You know, it, that it's not, um, it, it, you're not a hero for having done what was commanded of you, for keeping the commandments of God doesn't make you a hero. And so that's exactly what Jesus is saying here. If you want a true reward, then do it privately, do it quietly and give. Now, and I will say that there, you can certainly make exceptions to that rule. And the, one of the exceptions for that rule that I would be would be to say in certain instances, it, it, it's somebody's giving a large amount can be a catalyst for other people to give too. And so that's the only thing that I would say. But, but even then, in that situation, I would prefer to remain anonymous and say an anonymous donor has given X and such. Now, one of the other things you can do is use, use one person giving as a catalyst for other similar people to give as well, because they say, oh, well, John's interested in that and invested in that. That, that must be something valuable. Therefore, I'll invest there. So there, there are exceptions to that idea of never allowing your, your good works to be seen, because sometimes it actually, like I said, it's a catalyst to others. I'm thinking specifically of a place in Chattanooga called Siskin, the physical rehab, where Will went after his fall. That was started by a couple of brothers who owned a steel company in Chattanooga, and, and their giving and their commitment to that, um, that rehab place ha- had beca- became a, a great thing because then it encouraged other people to give into that as well. So that, that's important sometimes for that to be that way. So the so the second thing I want to move down to now for the last little bit of the podcast today is verse 16. And when you fast, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And that's it's 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 similar to you know it's the same principle as before and so the the problem becomes that the fasting becomes an act of vanity 
you know, I, it's just that, that one of the things that I appreciate is that there are a lot of churches who who in January, the first three weeks of January, typically will do something called a Daniel fast. And they're eating the same thing Daniel and his companions ate when they went up into Babylon when the king wanted to give them different food, the food of Babylon. And they said, no, 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 we don't eat that stuff. Let us eat what it is that we're accustomed to eating and see if we do well. If we prosper and all that, then then leave us alone. Um because it is not a matter of diet, right? <laughs> um, so th- th- there are people who do that Daniel fast. And, and the good news is that all the people that I know that participate in that don't post it all over Facebook, right? I mean, that, I think that's one of the things that people tend to do is just that, oh, I'm doing this, and you post it all over Facebook. And I, I see it all the time, you know, from, from Christians about that they're posting their good works. They're posting this, that, and the other thing about themselves on on Facebook or about their pastor or somebody like that. But it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of, you know, we live in a time and a day when self-promotion is actually the rule of the day. That's how you get these people who are known as influencers, right? So they go out and they do this, that, and the other thing, and, and therefore they gain a following. But it's, it's simply self-promotion. All of it is. I mean, the perfect example of that would be, well, the Kardashians, Right. I mean, Kim Kardashian kind of comes into the public view because she made a sex tape, I think. Um, I, I'm not sure. Same with Paris Hilton and all these other people. And it's just self-promotion. How do I how do I get myself known? How do I get myself seen? And then therefore I can develop a following. And then people think that I'm somehow talented, <laughs> gifted, that I, that I have a, an opinion about everything that's somehow valuable. So it, it's we live in a time when self-promotion is the rule. It's the norm. It's what's expected of people. It's it's how you move up in the world today is is that you go out and you do, you know, ridiculous things and you draw attention to yourself and then that attention then becomes whatever. I mean, you see this, you, you just name people forever and ever and ever. Milo Yiannopoulos, he, you know, this is a guy who, who did, who has shtick, right? So his shtick got him so far and then he messed it up. You know, but but it's all shtick and it's all shock stuff like Howard Stern. Does Howard Stern actually have talents? I mean, you look at this stuff and, and what I'm saying is, is that in the church, it's, it can be the same way. And, and the society today and, and for other stretches of time, including the Greco-Roman period that Jesus came into, it, it was all about self-promotion. It was all about getting your name out there and people seeing you and respecting you for what you did. And you made a name for yourself in Greco-Roman society, and it's the way that it is today, more so than any other time in my life. You know, and the Internet has caused an awful lot of that. And so here, what, what Jesus is talking about, that you can just imagine these people, you know, sort of disfiguring their faces so that people will say, oh, are you okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just fasting. You know, and, and you can see this all the time. And so what Jesus says is, don't let anybody see your appearance change at all so that Nobody knows that. You're just living your life. You're living and you're doing these things to the Lord. You're doing them for the glory of God alone, right? So that's that is the main issue. Is is that what are what are your motivations? What are your intentions in these things? And if it's self promotion, well, you've already got your reward. Don't expect God to pat you on the head, the back, or any other place um, in order to say good job, because you've already sought your reward. At this level, not from God. You sought it at the human level, and, and you received it. And, and like I said, we live in a society that's that's actually almost 100% governed by that idea of self-promotion. 
it's it's why everybody does everything. You know, it's absolutely, it, we live in the most vainglorious time in all of history, as far as I can tell. And like I said, the internet is largely responsible for that. I'm thankful for the internet because otherwise I wouldn't have the platform that I have now. But um, but I, I try not to use that for self-aggrandizement in any shape, form, or fashion. I don't monetize anything that I do. I just put it out there because God laid compulsion on me to um, speak his word and to teach his word. Uh, as best I can. And I try and do that without drawing any attention to myself. I don't publicize the podcast other than on Sunday mornings, I post that it has been posted on Facebook. That's it. I don't, I don't do anything else with it. And, and I'm not bragging on myself or whatever. It's just, it, I, I think I'm doing exactly what Jesus told me to do. You know, that, that we need to be better at that. I, I don't see it a lot, to be honest with you, among the people that I hang out with, at least. I don't see people doing those kinds of things. And the people that, that are friends of mine that I see doing that on Facebook just makes me shake my head, to be honest with you. Um, I just don't even know what to say. I understand in most of their cases, because they're friends, I, I ascribe the best possible motives to them. Like, you know, you're just trying to make sure people know that, that somebody's preaching the gospel out there or whatever, but then you get a little cutesy with it and it turns out about being about you at some level. And, and I think there's, there, there's just always going to be a, um, a little bit of a temptation for us to to do these things i i have so many most of my friends are though are people that i greatly admire because they're so humble about the things that they do and that they they do those the things they do um quietly and without trying to draw attention to themselves and, and that's really all jesus is trying to teach here and and if if you don't see this in the church right now anywhere in the church then you I'm glad. <laughs> I'm really glad that you do, don't see it because I certainly see a lot of it. Um, but you, the, the main thing is, is is that what we're supposed to do is do everything for the glory of God and for a heavenly and eternal reward rather than the reward we would see receive here on this earth. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>